0: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on vSEN.
2: Hey, Lombardi line here on V-CIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hope you're doing well. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the v studios here at the South Point. There's Michael Lombardi in his office in Jersey. So I told you Dallas was dropping. I got a couple of four and a halfs. It was seven, Dallas at Philly. Uh, Matt just said, so Tyron Smith, COVID list, tackle, the rookie, Ball, who was supposed to replace him, he's out. Micah Parsons is out. Anthony Brown is out. So pieces is coming in, being reported that Dallas is uh, going to be missing a bunch as well here.
3: Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, and and then without Smith and then without the backup tackle, Steele, usually it's Steele is the backup tackle. Maybe Collins is hurt. So, you know, are you going to put Dak in this game? Do you think Dak even plays in this game? How much are you going to play Dak? I mean, how much do you want to win the game? You know, I mean, what's your mindset? I mean, aren't you better off just staying, you know, being the, you know, what are you right now? You're the fourth seed. Aren't you better off just saying, okay, we're the fourth seed. We'll play Arizona again. We've played them once. We know what they're doing. We don't have Parsons. We'll keep our team healthy. They got to come here again. I know that, you know, that Kyler Murray's undefeated in in Texas Stadium. I get all that, but why not? You know, I mean, you're not going to really get the third seed. Tampa's got Carolina. I don't know if Tampa's going to play either, you know. But to me, Dallas, if, if Tampa, I will say this if Dallas doesn't win, right? Don't you think Tampa doesn't play Brady in week, th- the last game?
2: That would be my assumption. The tight and you know what's funny about what you're saying is one thing we saw uh, we got a glimpse into. I don't know, Michael, if you saw it, but when Antonio Brown posted the Twitter the, the text response between he and Bruce Arians, one thing we got to see as betters is we got to see Bruce Arians admitting on text like two teams do take weeks off because he said we're not resting this week. So and that was against the Jets. And then you know, so the motivation was there, was still there for um, the Bucks at that point. I'll give you the scenario with the Bucks, and just quickly on Cowboys, I mean, I guess they could jump up the three, but it doesn't really change. That's not a huge change, so they're locked in at four, regardless of what happens in Philadelphia.
3: Right, but I think for us as betters, right? Okay, so we're watching the game Saturday night. And if you see that Dallas is going to lose, then before that number gets away from you down in Tampa, bet it, take the Panthers, because you know it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a a uh, a, uh, a backup quarterback game. Uh, you know, it, it's yes. not going to be, it's going to be a Blaine Gabbard game. You know, and I know the Panthers are on a great team, but the, the way the Bucks are so beat up, this won't be. It'll be a Blaine Gabbard and a bunch of backups game. That's right. So, you know, I mean, to me, I think this is a little bit of timing here. If you anticipate Dallas not playing anybody, get on that Carolina game, and you may be able to get a really good number before it shrinks all the way down. Because right now that number is, as I look at it on my board here, Patrick, Carolina, it's at, it's at well, it was open at 16.5, and, and it went to 8. You're still at 8 right now.
2: Well, you, you laid it up perfectly. So for the Bucks, the one seed is gone. The Bucks are likely to get the two or three seed, and I'm not sure they really care which one. If Dallas loses Saturday night before the Bucks play, then Tampa can't drop to the four seed, and they need right. help from the 49ers to move up. Even with if they win, so uh, does Tom Brady care who's playing in the first round? I don't know. The Eagles are by far the most likely opponent as things stand anyway, so why mess with that? But right. to, that's to your point. There is it, it will play into the number. What happens with the Cowboys on Saturday?
3: And a couple indicators, right? You know, a couple indicators here for betters. We, we saw the number open up at 16.5 and it dropped in half. But we also saw the total, 43 open, and now it's at 41. That dropped down. That tells you that we think that, it's, you know, Brady's not going to play, mm-hmm. right? So I think, to me, you've got to time this perfectly because the longer it goes – that number of eight, when you and I do the show Sunday morning from the Borgata, I don't think that eight's going to be out there. I don't think that eight's going to be out there, and I think you're gonna you're gonna wish you had that eight, because at the eight, even if the Bucks win, you know you still got you got to t- you got a to touchdown or more with you.
2: Listen, it's a great opportunity to take a buy if you're the Bucks, Shaq Barrett. Uh, JPP out Godwin Fournette IR Evans still needs to rest the hammy the entire secondary needs a week off. I mean this is you know I, I I don't know how you as Bruce Arians I don't know how you go about kind of working around it but it's an opportunity to take a week off really for the people that yeah, are important.
3: Yeah. and again it's the 17th game Gronk do you really want to Gronk out there in week 17 I mean you know Two, two things happened to the Patriots' Super Bowl run. Remember the one year where Gronk was on the punt on the extra point team and he yeah. broke his arm on just you know that really hurt them. And then remember in the championship game when it really the the loss to the to the Giants in Indianapolis, Gronk got his got a high ankle sprain in that playoff game, which is completely understandable, right? But those little injuries that you know you risk in a meaningless game can really come back and haunt you. Come as you're taking this ride to the stretch. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Okay, so. I, I guess I should know the reporter's name who went on a Chicago broadcast and said he's not going to vote for Aaron. How but Thank Hub you. Hubarkish. Thank you. And he, he was.
3: He's from Pro Football Weekly, and he's always you know he goes back in time with Joel Bushbaum when I when gotcha. Joel Bushbaum used to do it. I mean he's been around a long long time and he's a historian of the game. He knows that he knows he's been writing about the game most of his life, and. You know, and he obviously is, uh, he's from Chicago. He does have, I believe, I don't know if he would admit this, but I think he has a Bears allegiance, at least to him.
2: And he said, look, uh, and you you agree with most that Rogers is the MVP. And he said, he's a jerk. I'm not going to be voting for him. Well, we do have Aaron Rogers' response to those words. Let's go ahead
1: and roll it. I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. He doesn't know me. I don't know who he is. No one knew who he was probably until yesterday's comments. But I mean, to, and I listened to the comments, but to say he had his mind made up in the summertime, in the off season, that, you know, I had zero chance of winning MVP, in my opinion, should exclude,
3: you know, future, future votes. Michael? Did you- well, I mean, I think that I, I really appreciated. That this came to the surface, because as I said earlier, this shows that there is bias within all voting. And I do agree with Aaron. He doesn't know him. You know, you don't really know him. You read. There's so many times that you read about people in the print and, you know, and you think you have an opinion, you know, and then you you meet them and you're disappointed or you meet them and you're surprised. You know, we, when I interviewed Stevie Van Zandt on my podcast, you know, he he said I never wanted to meet any of my heroes because I met Terry Bradshaw one time and I was a huge Bradshaw fan and he blew me off, you know. Mm-hmm. And so after that, I don't want to meet my heroes. Well, I, give a guy a chance, you know, and and this is a distinction that you must make. And this is where we as betters and it always comes back to betting right here at Visa it always comes back to betting because for us. You know, we're, we're putting hard-earned dollars out there, and we're being tossed this subjective bias that's created, and it's, we're going to lose money over it. Even when, when it's obvious and it's truthful, we could lose. And I think this is a really good shine that's, that's come out to expose this area. It happens in the Hall of Fame constantly, and I'm writing about it, and I don't understand it. You know, there's no logic to it. You know, A plus B, you know, you can't go there in the Hall of Fame. You know, you have two Super Bowl wins, but you can't get in. You have one Super Bowl win and a loss and a 52, you get in. It. Like, it's so political. And the part of the politics is how you treated the writers. That's right. How you treat the writers. You give them respect. You treat them nice. You know, do you think if Belichick had just one Super Bowl, he would get in the Hall of Fame? Of course not. No. You know, but you can't. He's got six, and they don't want to vote for him. But you know they're going to have to, which inherently
2: highlights the problem even more. You know, <laughs> like, and this is big in baseball with the baseball writers of America. It, where I mean, it's just it really is allegiances, and there's right. it's so nebulous. I think you're onto something here, Rogers. By the way, it, please.
3: It, well, it's so bad too. It's it's how like the Steelers group of writers argue for their players. You know, there's a there's a there, there's a block of people that are able to argue for Clark Judge basically got Bobby Bethard in the Hall of Fame, you know, and kudos to Clark Judge for doing it. But, you know, this is what ha- Carl Peterson is going to get Dick Vermeil in through his political, his savvy and his Rolodex, you know, of of a of, of getting the writers on his side. And it's so political and and partly, too, I think, too, Patrick is. Who are we to judge Aaron Rodgers? I don't know him. I've never met him. I just observe his play. But I think the harder part here is why would sports writers be really good at judging coaches when they've never really coached or been in the locker room? To say Dan Reeves doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame when you've never coached is really bad.
2: And to your point, somebody like an Ira Kaufman, a longtime writer, Tampa Tribune. So he, he's on the he, he's a voter for the Hall of Fame. So he becomes a sponsor. So like Lynch, who just got voted in, he gives a impassioned, like half hour speech about why Lynch should be in to the other voters. And then they decide. So a lot of it comes yeah. down to, are you represented well enough inside the inner in circle? Our-
3: Oh, no doubt. It's a political thing. Let me just add to that story. So someone asked Tony Dungy, and I won't say who it was. They asked him who the best defensive back was on all his Tampa teams. Without hesitation, he said Rondé Barber. Without hesitation, he said Rondé Barber. Hmm. Lynch got in before Barber. Right. How is that possible? I, and I'm not disputing Lynch's certifications for the Hall of Fame. I don't see it, but, I, I, you know, he got in, he got the votes, but this is political. He's an in-the-box safety. That does, didn't cover. He was a hell of a player, but a hell of a player is an elite player. This is what's going on here. And and Rodgers is such an elite level this oh. year. You have to be crazy not to vote for him for the most valuable player. Just like you'd have to be crazy not to vote for Mike, not to vote for Mike Vrabel as the, as the best coach. I agree.
2: By the way, if Lynch got in, that means Jamal Adams is up next. Probably. <laughs>
3: Just Probably, stay in that but box, unless bro. Unless he, he's going to have to win.
2: So yesterday, DraftKings, I'll update today, Rodgers was minus 400, so prohibited favorite to win the MVP, as he should. Amal Shaw joins us next here on the Lombardi line.
3: to the Lombardi line on Vsin featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi now
1: once again here's Patrick Maher okay
2: we have a new prop tracker now available v for you to keep up with your key NFL props we were just discussing those keep up with the props get current odds line movement and trends but the prop tracker is awesome MVP head coach rookie of the year and more check out the prop tracker betting splits key trends and matchup data for every game now at vsincom slash nfl Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher. We bring in a public speaker, not just a host here, odds on on Vison with Mike Palm, but Amal Shah, those that don't know, a prolific public speaker, and he mm. joins us now. Hi, Amal. Amal. Hey, how Amal. are you? I
1: appreciate that. Hey, Michael, how are you guys? Happy New Year to you guys. Patrick, I appreciate that intro. Maybe someday here I can get off the single-A baseball deck. And be on with some hosts like yourselves <laughs> oh, regularly. Actually, just my God, <laughs> no, relegated, are. relegated past the Championship League down to League One in England
3: over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ted, yeah, you welcome anytime. Yeah, you're welcome anytime. Hey, you. I, I like appreciate to know. That. I like to know. You know, we haven't touched on this, and, and I know we want to talk about the Championship game, but quickly, you know, there's what six people left in the Survivor. at six million dollars, right? Is that am I correct? Yeah. Them all?
1: I, I thought it was. I think it's five. I think it is five. Okay, so
3: there's five. How many, how would you play it this week? How would you, if you were one of the five, how would you play it?
1: Well, depending on who you have left here, uh, you know, let's say, for example, if you're fortunate enough to have the Colts, I think they're playing the Jaguars and they're laying 15 in that game. Uh, I would actually take the 15 and a half, probably go about 200,000 on the Jags plus 15 and a half, hope to get a middle. Uh, If not, you could probably just, I, I don't know what the money line is right now on that. I haven't looked at it. But if not, just bet the money line on the Jaguars and go from there and put yourself plus 750 So, you know, you, you could sit there and throw $20,000 down, $30,000, maybe even go up to $50,000. And I'm sure many people, including Cirque, would be happy to take a Jaguars money line bet of $50,000 on them.
2: That's interesting. Wow. Yeah, seven and a half to one to kind of mitigate. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so five left. Wow. Michael, do you have, if you were giving advice to the remainders, what would you say?
3: You know, I, 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 that's why I asked them all. I really don't have an answer. I mean, I like the, I like the Colts pick. I would take, I would, I would, if I had the Titans, I would like that pick. You know, I, I would take any th- team that I felt comfortable with their head coach making the decisions to win the game and making it an important part of the of the game. And you know, and I would, if I had to take the Saints, I think I would take the Saints. If I had to take the, you know, if I had to take the, the, the Bills, I would. If I had the Bills, I would take the Bills, you know, I would because it's important for them to win, and I know the Bills could, you know, they want to keep winning, they want that, so I would do that.
2: This is this is random, but for those that don't know, Amal's kind of social. He's a man about town. Are you going to the Chargers Raiders game Sunday
1: night? So random. You said. No, it's funny you said that. Somebody asked me, about that. I, I, Patrick, I never go to games. I'm tell you right now, I've been invited to many games, not not just here, but to other things. I turned on any game opportunity. I'm like, why the hell would anybody want to get into traffic <laughs> and go to a game when you can sit there and watch on your couch? Here's one thing people forget when you go to a game, regardless of which team you cheer for. Mm. There's a 50% t- a chance your team's going to lose. And then on top of that, you sit there and you fight traffic. You know on the West Coast, let's say you're going to a Chargers game or a Rams game at SoFi. you got to leave your house at 11 o'clock. You miss all the other action. That was one thing I hated when I I used to cover the NFL and I traveled with the Cowboys. We leave on the Charter on Saturday. You miss all the college games. You're at the Cowboys game. You're missing every other game. And, you know, you might wind up with a Cowboys-Washington football game of 56-14 while you've got a ton of other games that are coming down to the wire. That's why Sunday ticket is the greatest thing. I appreciate that question, Patrick, but I, I'm telling you right now, I, I am not going to any game if I can ever avoid it, especially <laughs> if it's not within about a three-mile radius of me. That makes sense. Well, you do live right by Allegiance. You live across the street from Allegiant Stadium, to be fair. I said the three-mile
2: radius. It's 1.2-mile walking distance, but still. <laughs> Michael, that means you would miss out on your buddy uh, Scott Hansen on the weekends. There's no way you're leaving the house.
3: Well, Amal might have. He might have Andrew Siciliano. I, I mean, you, they don't That's give right. me that option. I only have. I only have somebody who has his own agenda every week that I can't. You know, let's. Can we focus on the games? You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. You know, you're watching. I'm watching other games. How late? they are to really show you you like you're not getting this you're live. Right. it's a little bit it's a little bit like you know when they show you a guy with about a 40 foot putt on 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 the tour in the tournament in some what, random tournament right and you're like they clip to this guy you know ricky fowler's got that you know he's going to make it because it's on tape right they're pretending it's live but it's on oh look at it, he made this putt they just randomly sh- it's the same thing with the red zone i mean all of a sudden you get to a game and and i'm looking at my apps i'm looking at my other computer and the, the score's already posted I so Oh, here comes a touchdown
1: yeah, M- Michael's so right on that, Patrick. It's amazing how delayed it can be. I don't actually watch the red zone ever. Uh, you know, I try to watch multiple games, and the games obviously have action on or some that are more intriguing, but I'm with you on that. I-, I do think the red zone's great for somebody if they're limited in the number of televisions they're watching on or if they're just interested in maybe seeing scoring. And I know a lot of people play fantasy football. I never have, so I couldn't care less about the number of points that X, Y, or Z scored.
2: <laughs> you make me laugh. We don't. Hey, you guys, the two of you... Well, we have a great green zone with Wes and Dave, but the two of you on red zone just kind of bitching back and forth. Now, I'd tune in for that. If you got if you got them all in a cantankerous mood and Michael's always willing to push back, I'd watch you two. Why
3: not? Well, you, you I, I love? I I don't understand why we have to go on some tangent, you know, like Josh Allen tackling Josh Allen. Like, show me the game. I want to see the play. Give them to me as quick as you can. And then shut up. Don't tell me how to manage the game. Mm. Oh, I know you were at Syracuse, and I know, you know, I mean, come on. (laughs) Just, like, let me manage the game myself. Let me figure it out, you know. Like, I can do that. Like, uh, so just mute the damn thing. Yeah,
1: I hear you. Well, you know, Mike, I, Mike, I love the point you just made there, and I'm glad you mentioned Syracuse. Speaking of which, do you think Jim Beheim might actually learn to coach a little bit of defense? Oh my gosh, the one you know that dropped a, last night,
2: 152. That dropped to 152 and a half last night. That was an easy. I mean, what what happened
3: with that number? Plummeted. I, I thought the two-three zone was 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 no. unpenetrable.
1: Amal, they don't
3: they don't <laughs> defend. You know they're going Paul Westhead basketball these days. You
1: know, we're going to try and outscore you. We're not going to defend anybody. We're going to allow you to – I mean, Jim Larroganeg is getting off the mat there. I mean, give him credit. He's on the hot seat this year down in South Florida. Team's bouncing back nicely in a very weak ACC. Anybody can finish second in that league this year. We'll see what happens. But – by the way, to to Michael's point on these Syracuse guys, my God, you would think in broadcasting these guys thought they cured cancer.
2: <laughs> yeah. When I lived in New York, if you didn't go to broadcast which I didn't, if you didn't go to broadcast school in Syracuse, it was like you couldn't be a part of the club. Like who cares? My gosh, get off. Patrick,
1: that. you're too tall to qualify for the club unless you play <laughs> basketball at Syracuse. Height yeah, requirement is yeah, five it, four to five seven
3: there. <laughs> and they just want to roll B-roll, just roll B-roll, just roll B-roll, you know, like, like roll the it's B-roll, so like let's roll B-roll. I mean, I think that must be the most common term used at Syracuse School of Business, a uh, television, B-roll, B-roll, we got to have B-roll, we got to have B-roll, we got to have B-roll, let's get some B-roll out here.
2: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Will we, Will I'll ask the same question I asked Vinny, but obviously he was a, scared, he was a scaredy cat. Will we close three on Monday?
1: Omar. Um, ah. I, I think so. Maybe, maybe comes down to two and a half. I don't see three and a half occurring. I think that money came in early. And gen- Let's be real here. Generally, the public bets on the day of the game. Highly unlikely they're going to bet sooner than that. But I don't know how you guys feel on this one. I, I thought Michael, Luke, Fickle, and company did a pretty good job of taking out Jamison Williams. and said, listen, you got to have Brian Robinson beat us. Now, he did. I think it'll be a different animal when you go up against Jordan Davis. And, Michael, I know you're well-versed with a lot of the guys that vote on these awards, like the Nagurski and uh, Lombardi and other other awards, uh, the Bednarik. But can somebody explain to me how Will Anderson did not win every defensive award, how Nakobe Dean <laughs> and Aiden Hutchinson won these awards, when all Will Anderson did was have, in my opinion, the second greatest defensive season ever since Derek Thomas at Alabama?
3: Yeah. I mean, look, I can't explain it. I don't have a vote. I'm not qualified. You're asking me to explain something I'm not qualified to explain. I mean, I don't have a I don't have a I don't have a Hall of Fame vote. I don't have a Pro Bowl. vote. I don't have any vote. I'm a voteless man. You know, I walk out. I have no vote, you know.
2: Well, if you had, if you had a resume, we could maybe get you one, but you got got to put something together. I mean, you
3: know, like seriously, like, I don't know. I wouldn't know what to do. I mean, those writers, they get in that room. They know, they know, they study the game. I mean, this is why, this is why winning 200 games in the NFL to these guys who vote for the hall of fame is, is meaningless because they've never really had a coach a game. like 200 wins is hard to do when 2% of the population gets it. You don't, you don't deserve a walk into the hall.
1: A 200 is an astronomical number. Just look at simply on math. Just just based on that alone, it would take you yeah. 13 seasons just to go 198-0, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, just from, from that standpoint, so it's amazing. Mike, Mike, I want you to think about something in next week when I come on. Think about this one. I said John Abraham should be in the Hall of Fame if Michael Strahan's in there. He's got seven last sacks. But he's got more double-digit seasons. And if you look at Strahan's body of work, yes, he's had five great years. And by the way, Mark Gassino still holds the stack record, Patrick, when you mentioned it this week when T.J. Watt breaks it. That's he's breaking Gasno's record, not the gift issued by the trophy-giving Brett Favre over there. Uh, but the reality of it is, to me, if Michael Strahan's in the Hall of Fame, there's a very strong case for John Abraham to be in there.
3: And I'll raise you one. Why is Cornelius Bennett not in the Hall of Fame? Two-time All-Defensive Player uh, you're of the right. Year. I mean, how is Excellent he not in the point. Hall of Fame? Well, oh, how you does know, he you slip forget out forget about of CB and, on that and, team. Well, you got four other guys Marv in there on the hall from that team. And, and, and you got Andre Reid's in the hall, and Cornelius yeah. Bennett isn't. Yeah. Amal Shaw with
2: a lateral tease from Wednesday to next Wednesday. Did you go to Syracuse?
1: Yes. No, I didn't, but by the way, Patrick, we like to call today Thursday. Oh, yeah. my goodness.
3: Send our best to Mr. Palm, please. Thursday, ask him where he rates to at quarterback, please. Ask him what he rates to at quarterback this week.
2: Amal Shaw and Mike Palm next. Odds on. That is a new house graduate of Syracuse. There, Amal Shaw. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. B roll, get some B roll, Amal. B roll. <laughs> Josh is next here, at Lombardi.
0: To the Lombardi line on
1: VSIN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: If you missed any part of today's show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget you can check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows, download and listen on your schedule. So, you go to slash podcast. You can find Beating the Book with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, JVT, the Lombardi line, follow the money, coast-to-coast hoops, and more. Uh, and remember, the Lombardi line now is wherever you find your podcast. so whether it's iTunes or wherever, you can find the Lombardi line. But it's very easy. Just go to vsun.com slash podcast for all the shows. Okay, Michael Lombardi in Jersey. I'm Patrick Marr here in Vegas. We bring in Josh Applebaum. We mentioned Market Insights with a market update. Hi, Josh. What's going on?
4: Hey, Patrick. Hey, Michael. Great to be with you. And guys, I think, you know, approaching week 18, we got to think of these games a little bit differently. And I want to classify these games between basically games that don't really mean anything. And we're seeing these crazy line moves, like uh, again, with guys resting or like the Packers are a perfect example of, you know, they open a look at laying 11 at Detroit, Patrick, you're lions. You get all the way down to two thinking they may not play anybody. Now the line's ticking back up to minus four. So those games to me, as Michael always says, eliminate those, put them to the side for now. Let's focus on some games that actually mean something where we kind of know both teams, are going to really really play hard here so First one, love to get Michael's take on San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. Big game for both these teams. Uh, you have the 49ers who are nine and seven. Right now, they occupy the number six seed, but they haven't clinched a playoff spot yet. So they got to win this thing to guarantee getting into the postseason. You look at the Rams on the flip side, they're 12 and 4. They're the two seed right now, but they could fall to anywhere three to five if they lose this game and other teams behind them start to win. So what I notice here, guys, an immediate move here to the 49ers. A lot of these books open, you know, Rams laying about six points at home we've seen this line now fall to four and a half some shops are even down to four Uh, a couple system matches with the 49ers here short road dogs plus six or less they've been great this year 48 and 27 against the spread 64 uh four percent and shanahan has a dog remember he doesn't really cover a lot of numbers as a favorite but shanahan has a dog 24 and 17 against the spread 59 percent and remember these teams bet on november 15th That was that primetime game. I think the Niners were getting maybe like three and a half. They rolled in that one. It was 31 to 10. So uh, I'd be looking at the 49ers plus the points here. And if you can find a four and a half, tease them up to 10 and a half, that would be a teaser spot going through the seven and through the 10.
2: 49ers, Michael, they got to win uh, to get in, or they can get in with a
3: Saints loss. I think the line opened at six more because they thought Lance was going to play. And then I think (laughs) it's coming down because we now think after yesterday that Garoppolo is going to give it every shot he has to go. And I think that's it. And we know that the Niners have had a really good uh, success rate against this Ram team. And the Rams have been fortunate the last two weeks to win games. I mean, they beat Minnesota by seven, but then they barely beat Baltimore in a game that they probably should have lost because they had six turnovers. So, you know, this is one of those where you would expect on paper that the Rams are going to play really well. But, they haven't done that and demonstrated that. I think it's interesting it's over a, uh, over a field goal, and I like Josh's idea to tease it up. The question I have before I would make this pick is, and in the contest it's for just FYI, I just saw that, if I, if I would really have to feel good about Jimmy Garoppolo. Because I think if Garoppolo can't throw the ball and he doesn't have the right zip and the right feel for the football, I know it's being played indoors, and that's a huge advantage. It it could create some turnovers, which ultimately would lead to the 49ers losing the game.
2: Uh, Perception, and Josh, I want to get to you about the Saturday games, but Michael, just to follow up on that, you know, perception oftentimes creates reality in a big scale, and think about The 49ers with the quarterback situation. Look, I'm not expecting everything from Lance in year one, but there is desperation from betters from 49er fans to get Garoppolo back a guy that they couldn't wait to get out. There's desperation for him to play. I mean, think about how it's flipped.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, but it never flipped in the head coach's chair, man. I think the head coach sees this. I think for all the quarterbacks who are going to be available, unless they feel like they have to do something with Garoppolo and they get such a great offer, I think Garoppolo is the starting quarterback next September in 2022. I, I find it hard to believe that they can just easily replace him. Did he not play well against uh, you, you know you know against Tennessee? No doubt, no doubt, but. You know, he played well enough to give them a chance if they would have just stopped, if they would have not allowed third and whatever to continue to be converted by the Tennessee Titans on that night. So. You know, Garoppolo is not perfect, and I'm not suggesting that he is, but he's a lot better than a lot of these other guys that we talk about, Tua, G- uh, Baker Mayfield, some of those guys, who he's always below them in the rank- in the rankings, but yet he plays Absolutely. better than both those guys.
2: Absolutely. Josh, as you would say, bigly, we're seeing the m- numbers on Saturday moving <laughs> bigly. So as we sat here, Dallas is down to 4.5 at some books, off of 7 at Philly. In Kansas City, we were here 10, 10 and a half. It's not all the way up to 11 and a half within the last hour for the Broncos. Yeah. Both starting cornerbacks, Sertain and Darby are out. Um, so, Josh, you want, you want to start with the movement here?
4: Yeah, big move here, as you guys mentioned. Bigly, Patrick, as we like to say, toward the Kansas City Chiefs. Remember, this was an opener. You know, some look eds were as low as three. That seemed fishy. Maybe that was kind of a bad number. But, uh, again, only yesterday it was laying about, you know, 10. Now we're up to 11. I'm seeing some shops go to 11.5 now as we speak, Patrick. And you hit on it. You know, a lot of these uh, players here with COVID, you've got a lot of issues here with the Broncos. Uh, Are they going to get up for this game? That's your question here. But a lot of guys out specifically defensive backs and if you're down a bunch of defensive backs and now you got to play Mahomes who I think they have reason to play uh, to play well and win this game and get into the playoffs guys because they're still fighting for that number 1 seed it's unlikely you know Tennessee loses as a 10 point favorite there to Houston on the road but if they get tripped up you know Kansas City you don't want to rest your guys and take it for granted there's an opening here so I don't love laying the points at this point you're not getting the best of it but it's really tough to back the Broncos from what you've seen from them lately I think the game with maybe some more value guys would be Philadelphia. If this turns into a game where, you know, Dallas is going to rest their guys and you have some COVID here with Micah Parsons and Tyron Smith uh, and then Philly, do they go with Hurts? Do they go with Minshew? This is one of those weird games where you might get almost like a preseason vibe with a lot of backups playing this game. So really immediately we've seen this line, get back to the Eagles. At one point, Patrick, you said it, they're like uh, getting seven points. Now you're down to, you know, five, four and a half. Maybe this is another tease play up to 10 and a half. Uh, But Michael, any of those interest you? I think this is a tough game for both these spots with a lot of unknowns.
3: Well, I I think the Denver one is interesting. And and we were talking about it. And just on, as we've done this show today, the line moved to point and a half. I mean, we started at 12 o'clock my time and it's now, it was a solid 10 across the board. Now it's up to 11 and a half. And my question is, is, as you play the game out, when you're laying that many points, think of, can Denver score with Drew Locke? I don't think so. I mean, say Denver scores 10. Well, that means, you know, that Denver's the Denver's defense has got to hold hold the Chiefs to, to 20 points, 22 points. I don't think that will happen. I think that the Chiefs, because of the inability in the Broncos' secondary and where they are, Fangio's last game, probably, you know, the season's kind of over. I know it's on the road. Weather's not going to be a factor. Uh I think I would play that. But now the numbers starting to move in another direction. And then the Eagle one, to me, if Minshew plays, they might actually be better. I kind of lean towards Philly in this one because I don't think Dak's going to play. I think this number's moving in this direction. And I would find it strange that Dak would, would play that much if he plays the whole game.
2: Josh, you wanted to touch on the win in your end coming here on Sunday night. Chargers at the Raiders. Go ahead and set
4: that up. Yeah, guys, I'll make it brief. I'm looking to get a hook here with the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think what you're seeing right now is the books reluctance to kind of give you that three and a half here. You had a lot of early movement toward uh, the chargers here. And again, really important game for both teams they are both nine and seven. They occupy the seven and the eight spots right now. You're on the bubble. So again, this is the reason why it's flexed is it has so much impact here on these teams making the postseason or not, but it's really turning into kind of a really contrarian divisional dog spot here with the Raiders. A lot of these books open minus two and a half chargers on the road. We're getting up to three now. You have about two thirds of bets just saying, hey, give me Herbert, quote unquote, the better team, their flashier team, the more popular team with the Chargers. But despite this heavy betting, the books went to three. And at one point, they're kind of hinting they may get to three and a half, but they really don't want to go there. So that tells me over the next few days, if I can hold out and find that hook there, you may be getting Darren Waller back. He was limited in practice, return to practice here. Uh, Primetime dogs, 55% ATS. To me, I'd be looking at buying low here if you can find the hook. If not, maybe you take the three. But, uh, Michael, any thoughts there? Uh, any, any lean to the Chargers or Raiders?
3: I think Waller was gonna play last week and I think Covid's the reason he didn't play. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think any time you have a Raider game that's close like this with Carlson's ability to make kicks Getting the three is a pretty good thing. If you can get it, obviously the three and a half is better. To me, I don't like the Chargers' defense. I know they played really well in week four when they beat the Raiders 28-14, but their run defense over the course of the season as we, we enter week 18 has not been good, and that favors the Raiders if they can get some balance and run the ball. And I'm not sure that, that Carr won't be able to exploit this secondary. I, I, I lean towards the Raiders here. I do think they have, but Herbert's ability to make plays and how good he throws the ball. If you watched that game closely last week, the Colts have no one to blame but Carson Wentz in that game. He was Ricky Fowler in that moment. He had opportunities to put that game away and couldn't do it. Yep,
2: you said it best. Josh, you got a minute. you got a college basketball play for us on the way out.
4: Yeah, College Hoops, guys, if you're looking for a spot tonight that really caught my eye, I'm looking at um, who was it? Indiana playing Ohio State. This is a spot that always catches my eye when you are an unranked favorite versus a ranked opponent. So if you look at this spot here, uh, public is saying, give me Ohio State all day. They're ranked uh, 13th in the country, but yet we saw actually uh, Indiana, the Hoosiers open as a one-point favorite. They've now been bet up all the way to minus three and a half. So there are a lot of crazy, you know, backdoors last night. I'm going money line here. Indiana just win the game.
2: Great stuff, Josh, later today with Prince. I'm betting across America, the podcast, marketinsightsbeeson.com slash podcast. Let's get them on the ice tonight, too, Josh, little NHL.
3: Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Hey, the ice, Patrick, those Missino Wild uniforms were the best. best ever. The best uh, ever. Thank you. I'm glad you said that. to the Lombardi line on Vsin
1: featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi now once again here's Patrick Maher.
3: Okay
2: it's BetMGM and the NBA simply place a $10 money line wager on any game if either team hits a three-pointer you're going to win $200 in free bets regardless of your bets outcome. Okay you got to use the bonus code vsin 200 BSI and 200 when you make your first bet plus you'll earn M-Life rewards that can be redeemed for rooms and dining at any MGM resort. BetMGM is a proud and they're a gaming partner with the nba so this is, connects perfectly so again it's beason 200 rewards issued as non-withdrawable free on-site credit okay so make sure you remember that also it's 1-800-GAMBLER if you do have an issue okay we got you back uh, peter bogdanovich the last picture show just passed uh, at first i, I swear to you. That. i was just yeah. listening to a podcast that he was on he sounded great that's shocking
3: yeah it was on melfi he was he was melfi's therapist on the sopranos that's right. He did a great interview. If you own the, uh, the DVD collection of season one of The Sopranos, he sat down in the kitchen with David Chase and they did a, a, an hour interview, which is fabulous. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube or somewhere because you can find everything on YouTube. Patrick, it, it, YouTube's the most YouTube, amazing thing ever. I was watching, literally, as I'm writing the book, I was doing research on The Miracle in the Meadowlands, you know? I literally watched the whole game. It's in, it's it incredible. was, you know, it's incredible. It's Sonny Jurgensen and Don Cricky doing play-by-play. It, it was, it was the game. It's amazing how much the game has changed from 1970, whatever the hell it was, to today. How advanced the game has become, and how faster the players are and the, the the way the coaches have changed this game and the players' talents have it's yeah. really kind of remarkable
2: it really it, it really is and then you saw a former Syracuse head coach and longtime assistant Greg Robinson passed yeah. 70 so young um I believe... Greg
3: Robinson was was the the was the thorn in John Gruden's side forever. He was the defense coordinator with Mike Shanahan in Denver when we were all together in Oakland. And Robinson was probably, and I, and I, uh, sincerely, the d- deepest sympathies to his family. Robinson was one of those defensive coordinators who truly played battleship football. He didn't care. He had every blitz known to mankind. He was unsound. He he makes Steve Spagnola look conservative. <laughs> and there was no logic to his off to his defense. There was really no logic. And Gruden relied so much on logic. He needed to say in his mind, he needed, okay, if I do this, you do that, then I'm going to do this, right? And with Robinson, there was none. And he would, from the Monday until we played them on, on Sunday, he would compl- oh my God, you thought we were facing the greatest defensive coach in the history of football, the listening to Gruden talk about Greg Robinson. And because and for me, I was like, well, everybody else, you know, they score 40 on them. I mean, they they, they move it up and down the field. If it wasn't the, for the great Bronco offense, you know, they would be. But it was just something about him that made Gruden very, very uh, uh, apprehensive.
2: It's funny that you say that because almost inherently within that kind of blitzkrieg, no logic there is logic that it it it, yeah. it, it creates an uncomfortable uncomfortability as you mentioned with Gruden who couldn't handle it by the way I got a response so remember we talked about Mary Kay Cabot who is credible, very reputable and she wrote that uh, Baker Mayfield must resolve his differences with Stefanski soon could they if they're going to coexist next year well Baker has replied on Twitter five minutes ago at Baker Mayfield clickbait you and many other Cleveland local media continue to be drama-stirring reporters with no sources or facts. Don't put words in my mouth so you can put food on your table. I'm not your puppet. That's Baker Mayfield.
3: Ooh, Well, I mean, to me, it, 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 it kind of, in fairness to Baker, I didn't think it made sense. You know, like he was throwing, he was thro- the guy who's made him a good player, at least last year, he's throwing shade at him. You know, it does, but look, that, that is a very challenging, trust it, take it from me, that is a very challenging media world in Cleveland and Northeast Ohio. It's challenging, you know, and, you know, they won't admit it then, but, you know, they thought Bill Belichick was the worst football coach they had ever seen in the history of the game. Hmm. They, they won't admit it today, but trust me, if we go back and read The Plain Dealer from 1992, 93, you, you could read all those words.
2: I mean, he's vociferous in his defense. I, I, is it a Stefanski leak? I don't know where Cabot's getting it. Anyway, it could be. Well,
3: I mean, you know, you know, sometimes that's stuff that's said in the locker room, you know, by a player or this. Sure. And, you know, who knows? You know, who knows? And, you know, maybe Baker said that off the cuff to some. I'm going to get some things straightened out. And all of a sudden it becomes magnified. But on the surface, when you take a step back, You know, like all this Antonio Brown conversation that Bruce Arians said, this is what happened. Well, if this is what happened, why didn't Bruce say it right after the game? You know, why didn't he just enlighten us after the game? Why did it take five days, four days? So, you know, that's why I think we have to be very careful. And this is what really affects the betting market so much is the dramatic information that we're getting that not necessarily is always right. You know, we don't always know it's correct. Man, we got drama. We got Rogers no, we, got drama. we
2: got we got Rodgers calling people bums. We got Baker calling. Well, I mean, up.
3: you know, the guy the guy attacked Rodgers for no reason. Oh yeah, it was. You know, it, totally. it, for no reason. I mean, the guy. The, you know, it's like it, it it made no sense. He and and you know, all all Aaron does is go out there and play. and, and really, you have to have blinders on. You just watch the guy play. You know, that was Warren Sapp's biggest fear was he wasn't going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer because he felt like there were a lot of writers were against him. Now, he ended up being the first ballot Hall of Famer and deservingly so, but he was fearful of that.
2: I know Warren Sapp wouldn't be a first ballot Hall of Famer with servers. When he goes out to a restaurant, no,
3: yeah, you know, so all that stuff comes in. How about Lashawn McCoy? You know, he doesn't tip anybody either. But the point here is, is like we're we're judging him on football. We're not judging him on the tips they leave. I got you, you know. And I think that that's, you know, unless they change the criteria. But they have in the Hall of Fame. And they might have it in baseball. They don't have it in football. There's no criteria in football zero there's no there's argue all there is is political it's a the political arena that's all it is who can argue the most who brings the most constituents who can bring sponsorship and then who can unite those votes together i'll vote for your guy next year if you vote for my guy this year
2: i'm fascinated who's going to get the jags job just because it's such a tipping point with the quarterback you could almost feel like Is it salvageable with Lawrence? I believe, obviously, it is, but it was such a bad year and so much consternation around him. This is a huge hire for the Jags.
3: It really is. I was told by a general manager in the league yesterday that they think it's going to be Doug Peterson. Now, I don't know if that's true. He said, I think it's going to be Doug. I'm hearing Doug Peterson. Okay, you know, uh, can Doug turn this kid around? I don't know. That, That, to me, would be a challenging situation. Uh, because I think he's got to get his mechanics right. They've got—they didn't have a plan for the guy. I was talking to somebody in Jacksonville the other day, and I was like, "Like, what was the plan when you brought him in? Like, what did you guys? Did Urban have a plan for this kid? Like, what was? What were we going to do? Like, here's what we have to do. When you when you draft every player, you draft, you got to sit down and plan a plan for that player. If you don't, then don't expect the player to be successful. Right.
2: So, Indy's laying 16 at Jacksonville. So, let me just clear this up. So, remember, Baltimore is hosting Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh needs to win, and they need the Colts to lose. Not going to happen. Baltimore's got about a three. Well, you say
3: that though. You I shouldn't say, say that. that. You're right. They haven't won there since 2014. Sh- and they lo- remember
2: they lost to open the season last year in Jacksonville. Remember that?
3: I mean, I don't think they're going to lose this time. I think it's going to be a it's a it's a different Jacksonville situation, but strange. I mean, they haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. It's amazing, right? Like it's going to lure. I don't want to lure anybody to taking the Jags and the points. I really don't because I don't believe that, you know, so don't listen to me on this, but I'm just throwing it out there. I'm, I'm just, I mean, this would be the most humiliating loss for any team considering that the Colts lost Super Bowl three and they were 16 and a half point underdog to the Jets. You know, I mean, this would rival that
2: Well, I told you there's seven teams vying for three playoff spots. The Ravens are one of those that need some help. Here's all they need. They need to beat the Steelers. Then they need the Colts to lose, the Chargers to lose, and the Dolphins to lose. And then the Ravens are in.
3: I think everybody in Baltimore has basically given up hope that they're going to the playoffs. And I think that's why you won't see Lamar this week. You know, they're they're playing for uh, really nothing. I mean, the deck is so stacked against them. They have percentage but it isn't very good.
2: Here's what we, we, we should say. Just be careful out there. These are dangerous waters right now betting on these games. Oh, man. I mean, look at the numbers that have moved in the, in oh. less than two hours. You and I have been here on Saturday. Uh,
3: I, I, I don't know if I'm even going to give out picks this weekend. I really am not. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to do. You know, to me, I just don't have a really good – I don't have the right information in front of me. I'm going to be taking a test. I have the answers to the wrong test. You know, that's yeah. what I feel like. Yeah. You know, and that's the problem.
2: How about just to wrap it up today, those Adidas Winter Classic Minneapolis, the Wild jerseys, the, that the, the sweaters they were wearing were the they're r- ridiculous. I want
3: to get one. They're the best. The best. I Know
2: what to get. I for can. W- I
3: I don't watch hockey, but I love watching it outdoors for some reason. It just capsulates. It just captures it me completely. It
2: was awesome. And by the way, your Miami Heat were involved in a fight last night in Portland. I saw a it. win and a cover for your boys. Heat culture here Thanks, on the Packer. Lombardi line. Have a good day, Michael. See you tomorrow. All right, there he goes, Michael Lombardi, Mr. Heat himself. Next, odds on with Mike and Amal next here on v and D-Sports betting network.